WrestleMania season come alive. But this ain't about the WWE. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell. And you better believe it's back with a bang. It's also back with some bonus audio today. We got interviews. We got discussion. We got analysis. We got big time excitement from the indies, from the damn revolution. Brandy, hit me with it. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, come on, Brian. God, Brandy. <laughs> By the way, still up for debate whether she was actually talking about wrestling. Still she up for debate. All right, what are we doing here? We are doing this, guys. You're going to get a lot of WWE talk between NXT and WrestleMania 35 on this show over the next two weeks in reaction to the next two weeks. We wanted to hit you up bonus style because you know your boy BC is on the front lines of the damn revolution along with anyone who's willing to take up arms, draw the line in the sand and declare on this day who they serve. Who's with me so far? I know Conrad is. Are you guys ready for a revolution? Yes, I am, Conrad. And joining me today, of course, are two of my cohorts as we do what? As we look at the state of wrestling in WrestleMania season outside of the world of WWE as we get ready for G1 Supercard and so much more on this busy weekend coming up in greater New York City. I got the bad guy, Adam Silverstein, by my side. I've also got a guy who's becoming a regular on these parts at CBS Sports, writer, editor extraordinaire, Outback Jack Crosby, Brohams. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Are you as fired up as I am for the fine steak that is the best in the world outside of WWE? You know it. Hey, now, by the way, what, I, I lose my entrance music? Is that what's happening here? Well, you're, uh, you're, you're, on a, you're on Skype on a phone from, like, the Lincoln Tunnel right now. This is, we're catching Silver King on vacation well, right now. Because so. I'm in New York. No, I'm excited to be here. Let's, let's get to this, Jack. Happy to have you. Um, yeah, man, this, is, this season's exciting. That's the best way to put it. Gentlemen, Jack, you with me? You, I can see you. I can't hear you. I'm with you guys. Let's do this. All right. What do we have today, guys? We've got a great chat coming up, of course, with Ring of Honor world champion Jay Lethal. Not just talking about this fantastic G1 Supercard at MSG on Saturday, April 6th, but, of course, his rise through the business. We're also going to talk with one of the top hottest indie stars, Joey Janela. Actually, Jacko is going to chat with him as he gets ready for the big spring break show, WrestleMania weekend. Maybe a little chat about that revolution and AEW. But broskies, uh, of course, you like what you hear on this show. You like the fine audio. Please hit us up with that five-star review. Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you consume fine audio. As you know, you know it is about. All about that damn five. And guys, it's also about March Madness. So, hey, State of Combat listeners, you know that the madness is here and that we're one step closer to one shining moment on CBS. And, of course, the best place to stay on top of all that NCAA tournament coverage, college basketball we're talking about, is CBS Sports HQ. Hey, what is CBS Sports HQ, you're asking? I got the answer for you right here. The free 24-hour streaming sports network that's built for fans like you and me. You'll find all the latest tournament coverage including tons of highlights, analysis, and stats, everything you need to know about what happened in the game without any of the yelling, fake debates, and politics that you'll find on other sports networks and often find on this wrestling podcast. If you like listening to me on this show, you might like listening to me on CBS Sports HQ as I'm breaking down all things Conor McGregor's retirement today, but 
If you're talking college basketball, folks, tune in now from until the nets are cut down in Minneapolis for winning picks, bets, college basketball experts jumping in with their analysis at CBS Sports HQ. And it's always on. It's always free. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, Apple TV. Just watch it today, all right? Let's get to the wrestling, bros. Here's the deal. DC, DC, what, what, what do you got, Adam? What, what, what do you want to do? Know, Talk on a podcast? I know, like, I know we like supporting and promoting CBS Sports Boy. HQ, but is 40-year-old Brian Campbell ever afraid how washed he might look on the ca- on camera? Only this morning when I rolled out of bed to text from Adam Silverstein saying, Conor McGregor's retired, and I uh, <laughs> and I barely put hair gel in and came in and shaved my neck as I'm sitting down in the Jeez. chair. Yes, pretty washed. I'm, 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 impressed that, I'm impressed that we're in the afternoon and you're still dressed up. That's very good. Well, I got HQ all day today because Conor is breaking the news, the news cycle here. But let's talk about wrestling here, folks. Here is where we're at right now, okay? You know your boy BC is always honest with you, and the deal was I'm fired up for Mania. I'm fired up for NXT. You better believe I'm all in on AEW. But guys, this G1 Supercard, this thing that's happening, this movement between NJPW and Ring of Honor that are coming together to take over the damn garden in Vince's backyard, full arena MSG, forcing Paul, and in Paul we trust, by the way, to move NXT off of Saturday night and to Friday night as to not compete. I've been a little down on it lately. Been a little low. I've been a little, you know what, NJPW used to be my chosen steak. But right now I'm getting the meat from other areas. Right now it's mania season, so WWE's filling my fill hole. Guys, then thank you. And thank you to the loyal listeners, the DMers who said, BC, you cannot go away yet. You're the reason I'm into NJPW. You got to come back for NJ Cup. I know you two have seen the card that we're heading into, G1 Supercard, Saturday, April 6th. Good Lord, I am fired the hell up. Adam, I'm caught up on NJPW. I'm caught up on the NJ Cup. We're going to throw to sound soon with Jay Lethal. I am so damn fired up about this G1 Supercard that I have to apologize while boxing and MMA were taking over my life for not being where I needed to be, driving the Millennium Falcon, leading this rebellion into the revolution. Well, I don't think there's anything to apologize for because before the NJ Cup, nothing was happening and there was no momentum behind New Japan and what they have done. And we we have to give them credit because we always doubt them, right? We're always like, well, if they're going to go into America, they're really not going to give us a good show. And then, hey, they're going to put a couple shows in America, but the visa issues aren't going to work out. And then they have the show at Madison Square Garden, but this card looks pretty terrible or or we thought it was going to be pretty terrible. Oh, and Jay White is the heavyweight champion, the IWGP heavyweight champion. But BC, what did I te- what did I message you a couple days ago? Holy crap, we have to go to G1 Supercard because this went from, eh, if we don't go, it's not the end of the world, to holy crap, I cannot miss Tetsuya Naito, Kota Ibushi. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. Jacko, tell me this, bro. We know NXT TakeOver New York is going to change our lives on Friday. We know WrestleMania 35 is going to put its hands inside those places. But can G1 Supercard win the weekend as it's set up right now with 10 main show bouts in one honor rumble on the kickoff show? With this card, absolutely you can. This thing is loaded. Like you, like you guys just said, well, I could do without Bully Ray's open challenge because I could do without <laughs> Bully Ray in general. How dare you? 
Oh, but no, just that's not. sacrilegious. How dare you? I agree. Oh, get out of here. I can do it without like get him out of there. I don't need dude. Some, you're uh, from Pennsylvania. You you're an ECW original, at least I think you are. How could you ever not want to see Bully? Ray I watched ECW in 1994 when it was Easter Championship Wrestling on Sports Channel 20. Yes. And I was a, I was a huge fan of the Dudley Boys. Huge fan. Bully Ray and TNA, huge. Now that this chick is getting old and he's nah, I, I need him away from my TV. But that being said, no, this this card, I mean, wow. I mean, even I'm even looking forward to Dalton Castle and Roosh. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Roosh. I like have been for years. And Dalton Castle, I've been hitting or miss on. But putting those two together, I like the dynamic. Even that match has me say, hey, I want to see that. Like, I, I don't care if you can make 10 minutes. I want to see that match. Um, For me, I want to know what's going on last. Yeah. That... This is a collaborative effort. So you cannot make it. You cannot make a distinction one way or another that Jay White and Okada is going on last or the latter match is going on last. I would, if I had to make a prediction, I think ROH has more of their hands in this. So I think we get the latter match last. And I think it's... the significance of a latter match in Madison Square Garden and the, the the symbolism, I think that will close the show. But you could also make your case for Jay White and Okada. Well, okay, I don't want to make a case for Jay White for anything. You can make your case no, for Okada. he's Okan. turned the corner, Jacko. That dirt hole has turned the corner, and I'm now supporting him. And I might buy merch just to spite you. I may be wearing a Jay White t-shirt at that show just to show you a bit of my bits. But your point was this. ROH is doing more. They have to close. I'm going to counter that and say this. ROH doesn't get in the damn garden unless NJPW is with them. That title in the wrestling world, meaning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the one lineage that went through the hands of guys like Hogan and Bob Sapp and Scott Norton. No, it did. But, you know, the legends it went through, Okada, Omega. I think that's got to go on last at this point. And I think it's going to tear the damn house down. Yeah, there's no doubt. You literally have one of the three best professional wrestlers in the world. And, you know, look, I'm sure the ROH, you know, ladder match will go on second to last, the penultimate match, the co-main event. But I'd probably put it on third to last and put Naito Ibushi in the co-main event spot because those are two of the other five best wrestlers in the world. So to me, I think ROH is smart enough where it knows its place. And that's not necessarily negative, but it knows that, they like like BC said, they don't get into MSG without NJPW. And everyone that's buying tickets to that show, they're buying it to see ROH. But they want to see New Japan Pro Wrestling on WrestleMania weekend in New York City. But the fact that you could even have this conversation just speaks to where we how we got to this conversation in the first place of how loaded the card is. The fact that you could I mean, you you we're we're talking Adam, you just brought it up. We're talking about what could go on second to last. So when you could have a conversation like that. They they did. I'll, I'll, you know, you give them props where it's still. They did a tremendous job with this card because there was a lot of pressure on them. Like there, there's, that's not hyperbole. There was a lot of pressure on them when they announced this. To hey, you got to make this right. Like you have one shot at this. You got to make this right. And in my mind, I just, well, collectively in our minds, I think they did. Well, it's a you weird can, arc you, to get there though because we said. You're going to have to go Omega Avocado fi- 5. I know I just called him Okado, uh, Avocado. You may have to go Omega Avocado 5 to win the day to get people in there. Well, then I was wrong because the thing sold out fairly instantly. And then they kind of benefited from what we went through, which was not being as excited about it as we were. Because let's be honest, Cody ain't there. Kenny ain't there. The Bucks ain't there. You're not going to see Jericho. So you're removing 
maybe they're not. Maybe that group doesn't represent as great of a wrestling group as Okada, Naito, and Ibushi, but certainly star power to get people in the building. That's a big chunk you lose. Yet they came back with an organically great card that I think now they have a chance to actually come out of nowhere and win the whole weekend without as much pressure as if it was like, we're going to need Omega Okada 5, and it's got to be the best of the five, and it's got to win the weekend, and it's got to this, and it's got to that. They're almost in like this better spot when you take off that pressure. It, it also it also helped a little bit, and for people I've talked to, I like I've I've watched ROH since its inception in '02, but they really did a great job of resetting themselves when they lost Omega on a temporary basis, but the Bucks from contract and Cody. I the people the other fans I've talked to, they've enjoyed even though it's tough to watch. They've enjoyed Ring of Honor television more now than I've heard in years. And I've even enjoyed it a little more. Like they did, they were put in a tough spot, Ring of Honor. They were basically to be left for dead by some people. But they did a good job resetting themselves after they they had a lot of star power taken away from them. Because it, it can't be understated, like how big it. I, I understand money's money, but there were people that never thought Roosh was going to leave CMLL. That was like almost that was an impossibility. Then they come out with a tweet and go, "We signed Roosh," and even I was like, "Wait, you did what?" Like they got him to come out with, um, like he still gets to work down in Arena Mexico, but at the same time, like they have him contracted to do all these shows. Like, like Ring of Honor deserves credit for that too, for kind of putting themselves in a great position when they needed to. I I just want to clarify something when we're talking about winning the weekend in BC, we're trying to stay away from spoilers. But have you seen the NXT Takeover New York card? Have you seen the WrestleMania 35 card? This NJPW ROH card is very, very good. It has the potential to be great. Those other cards are already great. And all they have to do is hit doubles and triples, and they're going to win the weekend because the cards are so damn solid. Not really. It's, the cards are amazingly solid. But because NXT prefers to go in a leaner five-match card, it's not just hit doubles and singles. They're going to have to come out and be NXT TakeOver to win the weekend. I, I think it's closer than I, you well, think. I didn't say singles. I said triples. But, but I mean, my, look, my point. This is the ultimate Mark fan card, obviously. And anyone that hasn't seen the card, Jay White's going to defend the heavyweight championship IWGP against Okada, probably in the main event. You're getting ROH champion Jay Lethal in a triple threat with Marty Skrull and Matt Taven. You're getting Naito Ibushi for the Intercontinental IWGP title. You're getting some really good one-offs here, like Zack Sabre Jr. against Ace Tanahashi, like uh, Ishimori, Dragon Lee, and Bandito for the damn junior heavyweight. I mean, there's going to be some Osprey and Jeff Cobb. There's going to be some hot fire mark matches that have the potential, if they all go out and try to win it, to get, you know, four and a half to to 15.58 stars themselves, where they can win the weekend, not from a not from a commercial standpoint, but from the idea of the hardcore fans, the people that listen to this show, it's set up to do that. It's in it, in losing that pressure is big. Those last two matches you mentioned are actually criminally underrated when we're talking about this card. Like we mentioned the other three and kind of pushed those two off to the side. But if those matches open the show along with that battle Royal, I guess, which would be a pre-show kickoff type of thing. Um, that show has the ability to start extremely hot, which would be awesome. Yeah, so you need to take back what you're saying here. They can win oh, it, and no, you I'm also need to understand those, this. The, the, all three cards are fantastic, but you cannot look at that NXT TakeOver New York card and tell me it's not superior top to bottom. Yeah, it's five matches, but we know what we get from TakeOvers, and we know the talent that are in those matches. You just can't tell me that just looking at it before actually seeing it, 
That's that's not a superior card. And honestly, that WrestleMania is a superior card All too. Right, but Adam, you can't understate the impact of the Garden, impact of MSG. We're going back to the home of WrestleMania One, WrestleMania Ten, WrestleMania Twenty. We're in the damn Garden. We're in MSG, and we have. Sometimes you make crazy comments like Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world. We've got probably five of the six best wrestlers in the world on this G1 Supercard. ROH and NJPW are putting on at the damn garden. So I can't have you say the NXT card is that much better on paper. Jack, we've got an opportunity to, to give Meltzer triple orgasms. Oh, oh! this this is this is going to I don't I'm going to take like a week off the Internet after this card. Because I don't want to see any of the high play. I, I'm serious. I'm just going to shut down the internet except to come to work. And then I don't want to read any of that stuff after they go into Madison Square Garden and do this. Uh, here's my question. for Because I, I, I love great professional wrestling just like you guys. Adam, you made good points. BC, you made good points. I, I, I love the G1 Supercard. But at least with WWE, as a wrestling fan, I have... The potential to sit there and go, okay, this is a great card, but what is next? I look at some of this, and it's like, don't, like, it's okay if you give me, especially on WrestleMania weekend, it's okay if you give me great professional wrestling matches for me to watch on a Saturday night. I'm fine with that. But then I ask both Ring of Honor and New Japan, okay, what's next? Very, very like, fair what point. Do, what, what do we do now? Like, at least with, like NXT and WWE, which is the way it's built. It is a television show. It is driven on storylines. So they are required to give us that. And to a smaller extent, so are Ring of Honor and New Japan. But if you're gonna if you're gonna throw all your money on the table here as a player in today's professional wrestling climate, you are required at some point to answer that question for me. Like uh right here, for example. But like it's a great it's a it's a great story, but I'm happy to see the RevPro British Heavyweight title defended on this card, for example. That title has lineage that AJ Styles held that title. That's a prestigious championship, the RevPro British Heavyweight Championship. Um, but is it just on this card as a prop? Yeah. Or are we going to continue the story of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi, which has been great over the past year or so with those two? What's the continuation here for that? Like, I, I love the championship, but I just don't want to see it used as j simply a prop on this great card like push me forward a little bit well let's not forget also we do have okada white which is a storyline that you know gato it seems knowingly built towards this particular match at this particular show so there's not an impossibility that we get an iwgp heavyweight championship change in the potential main event of this show and if we do i mean that's as much storyline as you can possibly get after what you know jay white did to okada's faction here so I think there's the potential for it, as you're saying, Jack. Um, I'm not going to discount the possibility of them building off of it going forward. To be candid, I think one company has uh, more questions about doing that than the other, which historically, at least for the last few years, we know has booked long-term and extremely well. Yeah, look, it's a good point. The pressure's on to see where you go next. But if, if there's a reality without AEW linked to NJPW and ROH, and look, again, I was fooled. I thought at this point, if the revolution was real, it would be NJPW's North American expansion that would be driving this, this train. Instead, it's the biggest stars of that jumping off and starting AEW. 
But they got to prove that there's still momentum in what they're trying to do. And if ROH and NJPW can continue to work together in terms, at the very least, of sharing talent, which they seem to be doing, then we can see, can they come to the U.S. and do some shows that we're going to watch on Access TV and have to care about? That's going to be interesting. That's a good point, Jack, in terms of maybe muting our expectations to see if this leads anywhere. But it leads me to a bigger question about my beloved AEW only because I believe in them, because it's competition, it's time. I know it's early in their launch, and they're putting everything in all or nothing, double or nothing, all into whatever you want to call it, May 25th in Las Vegas. Did they miss the ball, though, guys, considering this is WrestleMania weekend? This is everything. Did they miss the boat in not having something this weekend and not having some form of a way to compete or announce themselves knowing what's going on from not just WWE all the way through the promotions? I think it's the best possible thing they could have done. Stay away. They do not need to be here. They have enough hype on their own. Good for them. Good for Cody saying this is WWE's weekend. We're trying to set ourselves apart. I love it. That all, I think it's maybe the best thing they've done since they've been, announced the company. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you, they, they've done a really good job of kind of staying away from that competition narrative with WWE. They, they, you know, they've told the line really nicely. I think it was a good idea to stay away this weekend because I think ultimately what we figured out by now is that, you know, everyone's, you know, they're bugging about the TV deal and we want this and we want this and we want this. The fact of the matter is, it's smart of the All Elite crew to not do anything during WrestleMania season. It's going to get lost in the shuffle. Even if it's a monumental TV deal, it's still it's still going to get buried. So let this dust settle. The double or nothing isn't until May 25th. And you, we go through this every single year, guys. We're going to get through WrestleMania. And then we're going to hit that down period. And that's where All Elite, I think, is going to strike with some bigger announcements. So stay away from everything WWE related for now. The question is, does WWE allow itself to hit that down period knowing that Double or Nothing is coming up and knowing they might be announcing something? Let's not forget, Superstar Shakeup two weeks after WrestleMania. It's going to be overseas. A lot can happen. We're also coming up on the Fox deal. Obviously, that's in October. We're still months away from it, but it's coming up. We're coming up on more I, chances to steal money in Saudi Arabia, too. So, yeah. Blood money in the sand, too. Three, four, yeah. It's a fair point. It's going to, The pressure is going to be on WWE, but by the way, that's why the revolution matters. That's why it seems like Adam and Vince are the only people that might be cheering for WWE to just stomp everyone. We need competition, guys. We need this to happen. We need Saturday, April 6th at the Garden to be a success. We need AEW to make WWE better. You don't need to wear a red MAGA hat to understand that. I want to talk about this before we throw to Jay Lethal, though. The match that I think can steal this Supercard show, of course, is what we mentioned earlier. Tetsuya Naito, Kota Ibushi for that ICIWGP title. And guys, I went back and finally got caught up on the New Japan Cup. These two on March 10th had a first round match about 20 minutes that I know one of our DMers hit us up with this. We mentioned it a couple weeks ago on the show. I was like, you know what, guys, I'm, not, I'm off the stake for now. I'm, I'm, I'm buying my meat elsewhere. Good Lord, guys, I was so happy to go back and watch the semifinals, the finals of this NJ Cup, but then go back and watch Abushi Naito. It was just a teaser. The speed, guys, the speed. I mean, this was like being back in the G1 drug coma that I was in last July and August where I'm sticking that thing through my vein. The, the needle's coming through the other side of the arm. I'm so deep. The speed and the recklessness. You guys may not need tombstone pile drivers on the apron, the hardest part of the ring, but boy, do I pop for them. This match could steal the whole weekend. Forget NXT. This is the match, guys. This is it. This is the one. I don't think could. I think it will. Yeah, I do too. 
you put those two like no no disrespect like, again with this great card no disrespect to the, the workers on it i mean we're, we're talking about matt this it's so deep but now when when you put on a marquee for me tetsuya naito versus kota Ibushi, that's that, that for me get, take take the money you don't even have to tell me the rest just here take the money there's there's three matches i think we'll be talking about by the time the weekend is over naito Ibushi, and uh sl- slight spoiler alert for anyone in nxt uh, Adam Cole, Ricochet, and Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. Those three matches, I think, are going to stand above the rest when it comes to WrestleMania weekend. Very interesting. Uh, this NJ Cup, guys, just real quick. Um, I'm glad that I went back. I'm glad that it reminded me what the best wrestling in the world can look and feel and taste and, and all that when it's back on. I need this, guys. Maybe it's just me, and that's fine if it's just me. But this is how I want my wrestling the top end of New Japan Pro Wrestling, because guess what? It's a borderline shoot. It's basically MMA. This is what I want. This is what I need. I don't need merch. I don't need, I need storylines, but I don't need over storylines. I just need the damn fight. This was a fight. They once again went back to the well to make Sonata a star. Yes, he lost to Okada in the finals, but I don't think I caught more feels in this tournament than that semifinal between Ishii and Okada, guys, where... Damn, damn, that was what I wanted in wrestling. I mean, you, I mean, I was yelling, hook the leg for no reason. I was just marking out. So beautifully physical and just perfect theater. I'm going to go back to it. Nothing's better than NJPW at its very best. Nobody plays a higher note than them. When it, when it comes to tournaments, people for years, and I, I'm guilty of it too, they've crapped on Gato, they've praised Gato. But one thing I will always give him credit for is number one nobody does tournaments better than new japan pro wrestling no one wwe and that's saying something because wwe they've given us some goods with tournaments over the past couple years no one does them better than new japan but what gato's really good at when he books these tournaments is that even some outcomes might be obvious but he will always plant one or two storylines right in the middle that keep you get like right now like for maybe the better part about the past six months you always see people Usanada. Ooh, Sonata. Ooh, Sonata. This tournament was to show you, hey, your future new IWGP heavyweight champion is coming right here. Like that was he'll he'll showcase tournaments for certain guys who aren't going to win it. But by the time you're done, you're going to say, OK, his time is coming soon. And that was Sonata with this new Japan. Cup. It, it's exactly what he did with Jay White. He just did it. And and I'll give this NJ Cup credit. They went to 32. They expanded the field to 32, and they allowed other champions in. And the prize was legitimate. The prize is a title match at the G1 Supercard. They won me back. This we talking about March Madness on CBS Sports HQ. Yes, get your one shining moment, people. But get your fill hole filled by going back to NJPW World and checking out this NJ Cup. That's March Madness right there. Oh my God! The mega powers are about to explode in my pants. They nearly did. All right, oh, we. Man. Oh, I'm firing up for the. Yeah, yeah. We already hit that. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we got to roll out of here with time. Let's hear from Jay Lethal, guys. He's going to play a big role in this G1 Supercard coming at you. I think you're going to like this. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm fired up right now, even though it's early on the East Coast. I'm well caffeinated, and I want to talk to you, of course, about so many things. But this G1 Supercard MSG, Saturday, April 6th, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling coming together during WrestleMania weekend. Jay, this is a card unlike others. How fired up are you, sir? You know, it's 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 throughout the years uh, not to take anything away from any company or what they've built um, but throughout the years it really 
has seemed to be wrestling weekend, not so much WrestleMania weekend, um, because uh, there's been always so many shows surrounding the big uh, event, and it's really become a big event in itself the whole weekend. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing, and, and everybody on our roster is super excited. It's a dream come true, definitely something to check off your bucket list, uh, at least for the guys from my wrestling generation, uh, to get to actually wrestle in Madison Square Garden. It's going to be amazing. And on top of that, I'm going to be the Ring of Honor World Champion going into the event, uh, which is something when I initially heard, I, I was like, oh, man, fingers crossed. Uh, there's there's always something to uh, and nostalgia to winning the big one at the big show. Um, but to me, I've always been uh, the person who would like to walk into that big show as the champion, um, not really caring so much about the win or the loss, but just the fact that you go into the big event as the champion, that to me has always meant so much more. And I'm going to get to do that. So it's, it's going to be incredible. And and as you mentioned, it's not just any arena. I grew up in Connecticut. It's still real to me, damn it, Jay. MSG, I don't know. I don't care <laughs> if you're talking wrestling, the circus, a concert, hockey, whatever. Sure. You see something at MSG, it just means more. You grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's the backyard as well. What is it what does it really mean to you to be to be on this type of stage? Well, anytime um I run or uh, get to do a show in New Jersey, especially New York, because we've always been in New York. It always feels like it's right in my backyard. So um, this one is awesome because, like I said, it's right in my backyard. I grew up um, just a 15-minute, probably a little less, but 15-minute train ride um, from my parents' house right into Penn Station, which is underneath Madison Square Garden. Um, and anytime I get to performing so close to New Jersey, you know, all my friends from high school, they attend, my family attends the show, um, which makes it all that more special to me. So this one's going to be right in my backyard. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, even though I live in Tampa, Florida now, I left Jersey cause I hate the cold weather. And <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I take great pride in knowing that I get to wake up every day and never have to shovel snow ever again. But uh, I do enjoy going back to visit, um, and it's still considered my home. So, uh, well, well, you grew yeah, up right in the wrestle, right in my backyard. Yeah, and you grew up during a time, obviously, where WWF was king in that building. What's your history of going to MSG oh, yeah. to see in big time wrestling? I've uh, I've actually only ever been to Madison Square Garden one time. Wow! Because, yeah, my parents had six kids. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was the breadwinner for the family. That's a lot of mouths to feed. So you, when we had any type of outings, you couldn't take one or two kids. You had to take them all. It was, you couldn't single anyone out. And because of that, we didn't make it out to many uh, events. So, yeah, I had never been to Madison Square Garden until I had gotten older and went to one show with, uh, a group of my friends. So um, so I don't have too much history in going, although I am a wrestling 
studiest connoisseur. I studied wrestling my entire life. I thought I was watching it as a fan, but what I was actually doing was studying it. Uh, so I've seen mostly every big event there was to see, especially during my generation of shows in Madison Square Garden. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm super excited about this. So is my dad. He's been around much longer than I have. He's been a wrestling fan and a boxing fan, and uh, he knows exactly how special and how famous Madison Square Garden is. Um, so yeah, this is this is amazing. I'm ready. Right, Everybody well, on our roster is ready. That's what I was going to ask for for the boys backstage. What what makes this weekend so special? Not just the building, but what that building represents, and what it represents in wrestling is the bread and butter backyard for the McMahon family, going back to WWWF all the way to where they are now. This was giant news, not only to secure that building for companies like ROH and NJPW, but to do it the same weekend as WrestleMania, to almost force, if you will, WWE to move NXT TakeOver off of that night for whatever reason. It's up to you to try to guess. But what does it mean for you guys in the back that, we are competing here. This is legit. We're going into your backyard to make headlines. Well, I, I actually, as cool as that sounds, and as catchy as it, I actually don't think anyone actually sees it that way, uh, not at least on our roster. Um, the way we see it is this is wrestling at its finest, and wrestling is in a boom period right now. And because of this boom period, things that we thought were impossible, for instance, another company running in Madison Square Garden, uh, let alone selling it out, were impossible or becoming possible thanks to this boom period. I like to think the boom period is thanks to companies like the Ring of Honor um, all over the world, too, like a uh, Progress Wrestling and and like a Rev Pro, and you got companies in the states like PWG, um, and the boom period is mostly helped by the internet. People who only knew one, a fan who only knew WWE or WWF, can now, with a click of a button, watch every wrestling promotion in the world. So that fan has gone from having two to three favorite wrestlers to now 17, 18 favorite wrestlers because they can see every product out there. And then put on top of that, one of those 18 wrestlers are now running at a show near your house. So why wouldn't you go? Like that has been the really the driving force behind this wrestling boom period. Um, and like I said, things during this boom period, things that we thought were impossible are now becoming possible. Walls in the wrestling world that were up are now being broken down because of this boom period. So what a fantastic time to be a professional wrestler and also what a fantastic time to be a professional wrestling fan like it's it's amazing time for wrestling right now yeah what a time to be alive what a time to be the most decorated roh world heavyweight champion in history which you are <laughs> but i love the terminology right there boom period because for me as a fan i started watching 84 85 the rock and wrestling connection through mtv so i've seen three mm. boom periods it was the wrestlemania boom period that got me into it it was the attitude area mm. boom period that got me back into it and the last mm. couple of years being a professional journalist getting back hardcore second by second day to day I think this third boom period is because the quality of the wrestling, the technology and the internet, like you mentioned, is a giant part of it. But for me, it's the quality of the wrestling that I never thought was possible in the 80s and 90s as a fan. So 
I think for me the idea is it's not just the quality of the wrestling. It's the fact that for the first time, maybe since WCW was competing, there's another company in the world opposite WWE who at times is putting out better wrestling than the number one. And sometimes that company is ROH. Sometimes it's NJPW. Now it may be AEW. But what I think I'm seeing as the foundation for me as the fan is I've never seen better matches. Throwaway matches. I've never seen better matches in my life. Are you guys... Feeling that, too, where it's like you're putting out matches that maybe 15, 17 years ago when you started, you wouldn't have thought about doing? 100%. 100%. And the, the cool part about it, for me anyway, is everywhere that I've gone, I've gotten to see these high-quality matches better than anything that I've ever seen on television before. For instance, I started in Ring of Honor way back. I was in 2003, around there, 2004, um, and I got to watch Samoa Joe versus CM Punk and Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness. I got to see those matches that are considered classics. Um, and then fast forward in my career, I'm in Impact Wrestling, and I got to see a Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle matches, dream matches that you thought weren't possible. Um, and fast forward even more. Like, I mean, I've gotten so lucky and I've gotten to see so many great matches. Uh, Okada and Kenny Omega. It's, it's you're, you're right. It's the quality of match, but it's, it's a, another thing because we never got to see those type of matches. Those types of matches were always going on. I realized anyway, once I got into the wrestling business, uh, when I saw punk and Joe, the, their second bout, um, I realized, wow, you don't see matches like this on television. These matches are going on, but you don't see them on television. So there's always been these high-quality, impressive matches, most of which I thought, uh, in my opinion, were better than a lot of the stuff that I was seeing on TV at the time. Um, and now it is uh, very easy to get to see all of those different types of matches. So uh, you're right, the quality of matches, which has been going on, for quite some time, just not many people have seen or witnessed. But now with the boom period due to the internet and such, you can see those high-quality matches uh, more now because it's not just about what companies on television. We got the internet. You can manage. I mean, New Japan isn't on television here, but I, I, everybody I know watches it on the internet, New Japan World. Yeah. Um, although they do have access TV, but their huge events aren't on that. But... Uh, yeah, you're right. It's definitely aided by the quality of matches. And I like what the, the way you, you sort of hedge that and said it's not like this hasn't been going on. You're right. All you ever hear are the stories of, hey, you may like the Flair Steamboat 89 trilogy, but you should have saw the Broadway <laughs> they did in 78, brother, back at the Charlotte Coliseum. And by the way, right. Jay Lethal just did right. Broadway with Matt Taven last weekend in Las Vegas at their ROH 17th anniversary show. That's not a bad match either, brother. That's going deep. That's going for it right there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, every professional wrestler is just, every time they go out through the curtain, what they're showing you is what they love about professional wrestling, most of the time anyway. Um, and what I loved about and still love about professional wrestling is definitely in my work. I'm a big fan of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Ric Flair, especially, particularly Ric Flair, all those Broadway matches that he did, and uh, and I'm getting to be in there with guys who are super hungry, like a Matt Taven, 
um, and super underrated, like a Jay Briscoe, some of the best wrestlers that I've ever seen. Um, and I'm about to go into Madison Square Garden with them. And the coolest part about it is uh, everybody on our roster, um, we go out through the curtain with one main goal in mind, and that's to make Ring of Honor as big as we possibly can make it, to make Ring of Honor bigger than it was yesterday with our body of work. Um, so that that's what every wrestler is attempting. And to see that now we're going into Madison Square Garden, a lot of us feel like, uh, you know, patting each other on the back. Um, and of course, patting some of the legends uh, who've come before us, like an AJ Styles and a Samoa Joe for helping pave the way for uh, an opportunity like this. Um, and then, of course, also you got to give your hand to New Japan Pro Wrestling because it is a joint show, and we're getting to put these matches together that people thought weren't possible. Um, and this is just a giant feel-good moment for everybody. I hate to, to have it tarnished uh, by any means by anyone with anything negative to say about whether or not we should or shouldn't be in Madison Square Garden or or anything of that matter. So I just think there's a feel-good moment for wrestling fans and wrestlers around the world, especially knowing that things that we thought were impossible in the wrestling world are now becoming possible. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with other companies out there succeeding, is there? No, the no. More we can all eat here. The more for wrestling fans, the better. Yeah, everybody can eat. That's 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 the better. It's helping the business. And look, you go sixty minutes with Matt Taven, a draw, setting up <laughs> the entrance of a Marty Skrull for a triple threat match that we're going to see on April sixth. But twenty nineteen, nineteen seventy eight, it's the same thing. Going sixty minutes ain't easy in this business. What are the actual challenges in doing that? Well, the toughest challenge is nowadays. It's hard. To- if you're not flipping around or diving off of this high place, it's hard to keep people's attention that long. You've got to really be presenting something in a way that they really want to see it. Um, and also, it's I, I believe one of the toughest things to do to me, in my opinion, I've as a wrestling fan deep down inside and a professional wrestler is, you've got to give the fans a match where they don't know who's going to win. If they can smell it, if they can smell uh, the victor, then it's not as emotionally grabbing and attention grabbing to them. So that's one of the things I think you really got to present, especially if you're going to do something like going an hour, you've got to have a match where they, it could go any way. And I believe um, that's one of the key things you need. And I can't do a bunch of flips. And I'm not saying that that's what's needed. And my hat's off to some of those guys who can do it, like Flip Gordon. He can do things that I can only dream of doing. <laughs> and even in my dreams, I mess it up uh, because that's how crazy and impressive it is. But, yeah, to, to, to hold the fans' attention nowadays with something like a a 60-minute Broadway match, you've got to be giving them something um, that they're entertained by. And one of the biggest things a fan is entertained by is a match where they don't know who is going to win. It could go any either way. I like that. Um, so that, I think, was the biggest thing in our – because I do believe that there was many people who thought that it, it's Taven's time and many people the other half thought it's, it's – I'm going to keep it – 
yeah, that, that was the interesting part to me. Now, you are 33 years old, and I've always heard the old adage that wrestlers do their best work. And maybe you can disagree with this, but ages, let's say, 35 to 40. As your body is slowing, your mind is gaining, and it's the perfect marriage for doing the best work of your career. You're only a couple years out of that. Do you think right now you're doing the best work of Jay Lethal's career when you're mixing the physical with the mental? I do. I do. And I don't think it's got the age and the body slowing down. I think it's because I had throughout my career the greatest learning experience that anyone could have ever dreamed of. Um, Only about a year and a half to two years in, I was getting to be taught under the learning tree of Samoa Joe, who took me under his wing. Um, I was learning from guys like CM Punk, who requested to work with me. And I was getting to work with Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. And then shortly after I got a trip to Japan where I learned how to work in, and uh, I learned how to wrestle, sorry, different styles. And then I came back and a few years later, I went to impact wrestling um, where I got to step into the ring with one of the best technical wrestlers in the world, Kurt Angle. So I learned technical wrestling from Kurt Angle. And I learned politics and political aspects of wrestling, how to carry yourself in and out of the ring by Kevin becoming friends with Kevin Nash and sitting on the learning tree there. And then I learned how to cut wrestling promos with the master of wrestling promos, uh, Ric Flair, going into a program with him. Um, And then I got to step into the ring with guys like Jeff Hardy and Sting. Um, And I feel like it all prepared me for the role I would assume here in Ring of Honor at a later date, which is becoming the face of the company, becoming the Ring of Honor world champion. Um, also, I, I learned how to break out of my shell with a little bit of charisma with that black machismo character. I couldn't have written a better story um, or, or paid for a better learning experience than I've had my entire career which has all prepared me for not only being the world champion of a company known around the world for its wrestling, but actually being the champion going into a sold-out Madison Square Garden, which is proof that the wrestling world is changing. Things, like I said, we thought were impossible and now becoming possible, and I couldn't have had a better backstory. It couldn't have been written any better. Um, and I think that that is a big tribute, uh, attribute, sorry, to, to the matches, the type of quality matches that I put on. I've gotten to learn from the best uh, in, the, in the world. I've gotten to learn from legends. Um, and, and I try to incorporate any and everything that I've ever learned, um, even from the guys that you've never heard of. Um, I try to incorporate all of that into my matches, and I think that's what I attribute it to. But sure, I do think that the age, uh, the the longer I go on, the more you learn. You can tweak this, and that this never worked, or the fans really like this, um, and that 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 comes along with the experience. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but I like to attribute it most of it to all the guys that have taught me along the way. Well, good Lord. That's a learning tree. That's an all killer, no filler learning tree. And I love that you threw Kevin I, Nash's name in there. Cause I know he well, told you about favored nations, brother. <laughs> You're right. He did. Uh, I, 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 like I said, I couldn't have paid money out of my pocket for a better, uh, 15, 14 year, learning experience uh it was un 
unbelievable. I couldn't have, you couldn't have written this any better. I really feel like I won the lottery uh, when, when you think about my wrestling. Oh, yeah. Career. Well, I, li- I like overall what you're saying about how in this time – the walls are, are are being kicked down. Things are that you thought weren't possible were possible. I want to take you into this category. You're one of the leading African-American wrestlers in the world today. And there's a storyline simultaneously with what Ring of Honor is doing that WWE is doing involving Kofi Kingston. And it's bringing to light, I guess you could say, maybe the negative treatment of, of top-end black wrestlers through the years. WWE doesn't have a long history of top-end African-American males winning the major championships are you feeling and seeing that? How big is that angle to you and what you're doing as the face of Ring of Honor right now, simultaneous with what Kofi's doing heading into a WWE championship at WrestleMania? Well, as a friend of Kofi Kingston, I am feeling uh, the angle. Um, and uh, it's, it's leading me to think that this, you know, there's something bigger at play here, something, there's a feel good moment that's coming, I hope. Um, but yeah, given uh, the history of professional wrestling, uh, not many African-Americans have ever been giving it a, a top spot, let alone been allowed to win the big one. That's not to say that every wrestling company out there has had some prejudice or 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 have purposely not allowed it to happen. It's just something that uh, has not been done, and I'm not saying that the company I work for has purposely avoided that, but the company that I work for, Ring of Honor Wrestling, has given me a chance to show the world what I can do, um, which I know, and I'm not ignorant to the fact that not many uh, African-American wrestlers have been given a chance like I have been given, um, and it feels amazing. It feels so good, and, and now to see that uh, the angle that's going on with Kofi Kingston, knowing that, you know, the wrestler's fan inside of me can see the silver lining. Uh, and this has to be leading to that feel-good moment. It's really making me uh, a fan uh, deep down inside, not only for my friend, uh, but for the time in wrestling. It's really proving that on all aspects, um things that weren't possible before are now becoming possible. So That's awesome. I'm super excited about uh, what I think is about to happen. <laughs> but we, we don't know. You never know. Happen, you never know. I think about to happen. <laughs> I like that what we're talking about, about happen, it. I like that it's part of the angle. I like where we're going there. All right. You've been fabulous, Jay Lethal, but I can't talk to you without talking about the best impressions in wrestling history, what you did with Flair and Savage. I mean, I could go hours with you on that one. Uh, if I had, if I'm a fan and I am, and I had one question to ask you, your Savage impression. I mean, everybody's got one, and most of them are garbage, but some people can really nail it. Yours is obviously gold <laughs> to the point that you had phone calls with Randy Savage before his death when you were back in TNA doing this. Please take us behind the scenes. What the hell was going on on those phone calls? Because that's money. Uh, yeah, and I got to become best friends uh, with his brother. We eat, we have lunch on a regular basis. Wow. Uh, if you would have told that little kid back in the day that you're going to become friends with Savage, your idol, and his brother, I would have called you a liar. Um, and so I'll take it back to the beginning. I, I actually think that when I fell in love with professional wrestling, of course, it was mainly because I saw the Macho Man. I didn't fall in love with Flair until much later when I started to under, fully understand wrestling and understand promos and understand guys' body of work. Um, but it was Macho Man, the colors and the tassels and the glasses and that voice that just burned in my head. Um, and that's really where it 
really, really started for me. And I think as a kid, I, it, I had gone so much, I'd been so much in love with Savage that I think that I was no longer watching as a fan. Somehow I was studying him um, and that voice. And I've always been able, ever since I was young, I've been always able to do this Savage voice, this impression. And it's something that I would do, you know, on my off days, uh, the locker room was ever a little quiet. It wasn't until Kevin Nash heard it, and he said, you got to do this on TV, and everything kind of spiraled out of control there. Um, think about getting into basketball because your favorite basketball player is Michael Jordan, let's say. Um, back in the day, anyway, I'm just giving you a better reference. <laughs> uh, I think, well, how, how, what are the odds that you actually become a successful basketball player? Then I'm put on top of that the odds of – getting to meet or work with uh, the person who sparked your love uh, for, for, for uh, basketball, for that matter. It's like capturing lightning in a bottle, and I really feel like I captured lightning in a bottle. I worked on an indie show by ran by a man named Ed Schumann uh, up in the—I'm uh, going to say this was like the Ohio area. I remember it was freezing. Well, Ed Schumann was good friends with the Macho Man. And he said, I'm going to give you his number. He, he saw your stuff. He'd like you to call him. And I said, oh, oh okay, no worries. <laughs> I got home. Of course, I didn't call him because I didn't believe it. I said, well, you know, I can't be the only one with a cool impression. And, and I had heard stories of ribs being played on other wrestlers. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is just a joke. Um, and then like a week later, Ed Schumann said, you know, he said you never called him. Well, you got to give him a call. So eventually I called, and uh, they were very short conversations, you know. Um, he said that uh, I didn't, I don't want your stuff on TV, but uh, I did see some stuff on YouTube. Um, and uh, he would always say, is that right? Every time I would say something, he would always say, is that right? Um, so the, every phone call ended the few phone calls I had with him always ended with, well, I got to go uh, going to the store with my lady uh, or something, something along that, those lines. Cause I was, I always felt like I was bothering him, you know? <laughs> so uh, fast forward a few years later, Ed Schumann said, Hey, did you call him? I said, yeah, yeah. I called him, but of course I never believed it was him. Fast forward a few years later, I got to meet Lanny Poffel, the Macho Man's brother. And we became great friends. He gave me a few of his books. Um, and our friendship was just beginning to blossom. Um, and I had mentioned to him, you know, I talked to Randy, I think. Could you find out if that was really him? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll find out. So the very next day, he sent me a message saying, yeah, I talked to my brother. It was really him. And, of course, once I heard that, my stomach dropped there were so many things I didn't ask because I didn't believe it was him. Yeah. There were so many things that I didn't get to say because I didn't believe it was him. Um, so then I tried to call him several times after that. And uh, those phone calls lasted 10, 15 seconds because he seemed to always be in the middle of something. Um, and I was like, damn it, I missed my chance. Well, anyway, I'm going to keep calling him. No worries. And then, then he passed away. And I was like, oh, my God, I was heartbroken um, because – I did get to talk to him two to three times, 
Um, but I didn't ask too many questions because I legit thought that it was not him. I thought it, it, I couldn't be the only one who could sound like the Macho Man, and this was ultimately some kind of joke. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, but there's but real yeah. ribs like that, so you got to be careful. But wow. Correct. All right, correct, correct me know, if I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong on my facts. I, I've always said it. The, the greatest story ever told in wrestling history is the Mega Powers angle. Hogan and Savage, I mean, it's never been rivaled. I think sometimes uh, Gargano and Champa have a chance. They, they give me those feels, but no one's ever come close to that storyline. Sure or false, in, in TNA, when Hulk Hogan was a big part of creative and you were there, true or false, they were going to try to run that back involving you and Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. What happened? Actually, actually, it wasn't a mega powers, but I was still very excited. Um, Hogan told me, he said, I met Randy at the uh, doctor's office. We ran into each other um, and we, we weren't the best on the best speaking terms. But we kind of hashed out our problems right there in the doctor's office. Um, and I asked him about coming in to work with you. And he said, yeah. I said, oh, my God, are you, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, and he's coming in. So uh, he goes, you just need some time. He said, let me get in a little a better shape and blah, blah, blah. So he was going to take some time to come in. So the next time I saw Hogan, he said, I've been thinking about this angle I wanted to do, you know. Um, I, I want you to, every time we're doing a promo, you pop up out of nowhere and scare me. You're, you keep scaring me. Not on purpose, but, like, I'm just being becoming weirded out by you because every time I turn a corner, you're there and it's terrifying me. Um, and then we do these promos where you're in a dim lit bar and you're talking to somebody, but we can't see who it is. And, and they're, and you're telling them, you know, he's a really on edge. I got him on edge. Every time he sees me, he's terrified now until finally, when you're talking to that person, they lean forward and say, now's our time to get him. Uh, it's savage, and then you guys come in and you guys beat me down, and we do an angle where, you know, he sent you to to get to me, um, and of course I'm just shaking and my eyes are tearing up because I can't wait to do this amazing oh. work with the Macho Man. Um, but yeah, that was the plan that Hogan laid out to me. Um, it wasn't a mega powers thing, but it was to me just as good. Well, do you know why it would have worked, Jay? Not, yeah, not it would have sure. worked because it's awesome, but it also would have worked because of the real life heat between the two of them at that time. We all remember the rap album, "Be a Man," Hogan, Randy challenging Hulk to to a real fight to charity. I mean, that would have been money. I thought so. I, I would have just been in Dreamland. I would have been in Dreamland getting to work with the Macho Man <laughs> and attacking Hogan. Oh man, I just. I could have died a happy man, even though I still can. I've gotten to to, to live my dream in professional wrestling, um, and not just live my dream. I've gotten to make a living. That's another thing that this boom period in wrestling is doing. Wrestlers are beginning. There's companies out there where you can actually make a living, and by make a living, I'm talking about paying your bills and having extra money after that. Um, the only company around to do that was WWF or WWE. And now there are other companies out there where a professional wrestler can make an actual living. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a wild. This this what a wild ride I've been what on. A, and if I ride. got to do that savage thing, I would have been able to 
even though I can die a happy man now, I would have been able to die back then a happy man. <laughs> All right, final question here. We know you do an amazing flair. We remember the, the, the program with flair and TNA that was so much fun with the promos that so many people still watch today. Uh, are you working on any others? Do you have any other impressions in the bag? Because you got skills in this mm-hmm. area. I, you know, it's not something that I've honed in on yet. Um, there's still some, and here's the wild thing. I always knew that I could do the Macho Man one. I didn't know that I could do the Flair one. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard how that came about, but the Flair one came about on uh, Ring of Honor was doing a tour of the, I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling was doing a tour of the UK. And on one of the off days, we're all at the bar and I had a little too much to drink and found out that I could do this Ric Flair impression. So <laughs> I always make the little joke. I, I won't know what other impression I have until I have a little too much to drink. So uh, once that happens, then I'll let you know who else I've got. I, I have dabbled a little in uh, a Jimmy Hart, but I need a megaphone to, to attempt that one. Okay, okay. Um, I could see I a Vince. I, I could see your voice having the range to do a perfect Vince one day. Yeah, dude, there's a, a, tons of people out there who can do events as well, just like the Savage. But I, I think if I try, if I really tried, I think you're right. I think, uh, and part part of the reason that I can do them so well, I believe deep down inside, is at some point I stopped watching wrestling as a fan and started studying yes. it. it. It was at a very young age. It was just I was just hooked so much on wrestling that it, it became me, stu- unbeknown to me. I was studying uh, professional wrestling, and uh, that's how I think those imitations in the voice, because every little aspect of how he would raise his voice there and lower here and the turns that he would make and how he moved his fingers. All my favorite wrestlers, those were things that stuck out in my head. Um, Every little detail and I, I really feel like that's uh how i've been able to do those impressions i really think i only got those two the main ones is flair and savage just because i idolized them true um yeah well, look those are gimmicks i didn't i i watched those two more specifically than any other I'll uh, say those are gimmicks. They're great gimmicks, but you know what? You're doing a great job imitating Jay Lethal and putting out there one of the better wrestlers in the world today. And Saturday, April 6th, (laughs) MSG. It's G1 Supercard when Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling come together. This is for real. This is the big time pay-per-view honor club. Is that how people can watch it as well? It is. It is. Ring of Honor's got his own streaming service, uh, rhwrestling.com. Sign up for the Honor Club. You get all of our pay-per-views, all of our live event shows. And uh, I've even been in talks with Ring of Honor to put some uh, exclusive uh, footage on there, stuff you can't see. Like, I am trying so hard to get them to get a camera crew to follow the Briscoes around. Just for the fans to see one day in the life of a Briscoe, <laughs> um, it would be amazing. We got to start getting some new um, uh, content on that honor club, other than wrestling, because there's so much more entertaining aspects of everyone's lives, and so much more that the fans want to see that goes beyond wrestling. Um, and I really believe that if the Briscoes just had an opportunity, they could have their own television show. Um, and the world must see it, but it's got to start somewhere. So we got to put that up on the Honor Club. I love the idea. He's the face of Ring of Honor, the most decorated world heavyweight champion. What an entertaining stroll 
through this with you, Jay Lethal. Thank you for your time, brother. Thanks for getting up early. Enjoy it. Go get it Saturday, April 6th. Hey, win the whole weekend. How about that? <laughs> Steal the show. That's right. That's right. That's right. It, it, it shouldn't be too hard. I mean, we got a sold-out Madison Square Garden. I mean, wrestling is – this is proof that wrestling is changing, and we – we're all doing it together, wrestling, the professional wrestlers, and the fans. We, we are not just Ring of Honor, but we, everybody, we are changing professional wrestling for the better. Um, and this is awesome. I can't wait for this. This is going to be an amazing event. It's going to be an amazing wrestling weekend. Like I said, it's, uh, it's no longer WrestleMania weekend. It's wrestling weekend, and it's going to be fantastic. Hey, Ricky and Randy in 87 stole the show on the same night as Hulk and Andre. So anything is possible here on yeah. this coming <laughs> wrestling weekend. Not WrestleMania weekend, wrestling weekend. So best of luck to yeah. you, Jay. Thanks a million, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll say this. All right. I've always been a like liker of Jay Lethal. Respecter of Jay Lethal. Yeah, I popped for Black Machismo. I popped for TNA Ric Flair. I popped for all that stuff. I think I love him after this interview. I really respect his journey. I really respect who he is and the work he's doing at age 33. I don't think this guy needs WWE. He's made a really fun, respectful, amazing career. And to hear him say, Adam, all those legendary names that that added their, their little couple two cents here or helped him with this to get to this point, this guy's a walking... Mark, he's everything that we are as fans, but in a wrestler's body. Yeah, after I heard the interview, I think I, I texted something to you along the lines of, he's a wrestling geek who became a world champion. And that's not disparaging him. That's awesome. That's the coolest possible thing you can be if you're a wrestling fan. He's a guy who worked his ass off, got you know earned every single thing that he got. He didn't deserve anything. He earned it you know, bit by bit. And now he's the heavyweight champion of Ring of Honor and has been. He's one of the most decorated guys in you know i guess that company's history i think he's i think it was a top five interview that we've done and, and it surprised me how much i liked it and how much i liked him because you know watching him from afar because we i don't watch too much ring of honor i'm like oh that guy's pretty cool he's good you know when he's occasionally when he was on bte occasionally or or when you see him on something he's like oh that's cool and oh man he can really do a great macho man impression and oh man he can really do a great rick flair impression but you don't actually get to know the person, what's behind the wrestler. And that's what he showed up. And real briefly, I don't, I don't mean to pick out the one WWE thing that was talked about. But I loved what he had to say about the Kofi Kingston storyline. That he was feeling it. That he thinks not only is it good for Kofi, who was his friend, and, and WWE, but the professional wrestling business as a whole that Kingston's going to get this shot. Just goes to show they made a great move in switching that match. And Jacko, I was pleasantly surprised in a way, because of course I want to stir things up and talk about the revolution, and you're going head-to-head in Vince's bed, brother. You're sleeping with Linda that weekend. But no, he didn't want to go there at all. He just wanted to celebrate what they're doing. I came out of there, though, wanting to celebrate what he's doing. His journey's pretty damn amazing. I could still remember vividly in my head, but like one of the most anticipated matches the last 15 years, when Kenta Kobashi came over here to face Samoa Joe. And all Jay Lethal was at that time was Samoa Joe's little lackey. After the match, after Kobashi won, Jay comes in with the water and the towel. And from that, like that moment sticks in my head because I looked at him and he was, he was nothing but just a side character for the, the vicious Samoa Joe on his two-year title reign. And to 
to emerge as one of the most respected performers in this industry right now has been just a joy to see. And I, I like I've spoken to wrestlers that have wrestled against them. I've spoken to people that have worked with them. Never one time have I heard a bad word about the person Jay Lethal. Like never one time. And that's why I, I mean, you probably, he's a guy. And I, cause people have asked me this before. He doesn't need WWE. Do I think he'll wrestle in a WWE ring before he's done? Yeah, he will. I know Triple H will maybe it's a, a special ending. He will get because he's so respected as a performer and as a man. There will come a point where they say, "Look, man, you haven't done this in your career. Come on, you know, just get, give it one shot." And he'll probably do it. But it's always nice to see. As much as I love WWE, it's nice to see guys that work hard, do the right things, get to where they are without having to use the machine. It's it's cool to it's cool to watch. And you can hear in his voice his commitment to the craft, his love of storytelling, of of matches where you the, when you have the fans is when you don't know where the finish is going. I mean, the fact that he can go Broadway with Matt Taven like that and do it in in a way that you know isn't today's wrestling style of high flying and flips, but still hold the crowd, still get four stars by the way from Meltzer for that match. Looking forward to see what he can do in this ladder match. Really respecter of what he's doing in his career, and, and obviously, I mean, hearing stories of him being on the phone with Savage and him now going out to lunch with Lanny every week. I mean, look, it's great. It's great stuff. It, it hits me, I, you know. I mean, it's fantastic. I gotta criticize though, not believing it was Savage. You gotta find that out immediately because if you've Macho Man Randy Savage's phone number, you need to ask those questions. And and I, you know, I'm, I'm joking, and I know he feels bad about it, but man, that was a missed opportunity because you feel like that's the type of guy who could have given him even greater insight into his own character, the Macho Man character, and what this business is all about. A lot of people, you know, don't necessarily think of Macho Man when you say greatest wrestler of all time, but you can, there's arguments to be made that him and Ric Flair, no one better understood the business that was sports entertainment than those two guys. And the fact that Macho Man in an off way, not even, I don't want to call him a mentor because he wasn't his mentor, but a far reaching mentor. And now that his brother is kind of helping him along, that means so much to who this guy is and the respect that he's earned in the industry. It's very impressive. People pay to see winners. They don't pay to see losers. And Randy's got to go out to eat with his girl. I love that. I love that. That's how my dad ends every conversation. Dad, go? Oh, yeah, it's good, but I got to go mow the lawn. Yeah, all right. Great talking to you, Dad. All right, we got to roll out of, out of here. Let's talk to Joey Janela. Jacko was able to get some time with him. He's also a promoter. He's got a big show that we got to care about this weekend. The all action, the all the time. Joey Janela coming at you right now. Enjoy. How different has it been? Because I know you and I talked two years ago when you did the first one down in Orlando. And it's kind of blown up since then. The yeah. whole the whole spring break show. I mean, Joey, you've, yes, it's WWE's weekend. It's WrestleMania weekend. And there's always been independent shows around it. But what you've created with this spring break empire, so to speak, it's become the most talked about show pretty much outside of WrestleMania. What's that experience been like and, and how has it changed since the first show and putting this all together? Um, it's a lot harder to put together now. Because when you're trying to top ourselves, you know, uh, when you when you have something as successful and uh, as wonderful as the first spring break, uh, you're always thinking, uh, how am I going to top it? And then you do spring break two, and that tops it. And then you're like, well, how, how am I going to top that? And then we did a show, SummerSlam weekend, Boston, New York, and, um, which was our first um, WrestleMania weekend show. And it was so fun, so great. The atmosphere was, oh, 
crypto. And, and we're like, how are we going to top it? And David Arquette almost dies in the next show. <laughs> how are we going to stop that? So now we're at spring break three. And uh, for the first time, you know, we're running a smaller venue. It's packed about seven to 800 people. You can't find tickets anywhere. Um, the scalpers didn't even get any of the tickets. So it's one of the rarest pro wrestling tickets in the history of the business. And uh, we're doing two nights. And it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. That's actually what I wanted to ask you next. For for, for folks who may not know, the first two spring break shows were standalone shows. You announced this year that spring break is actually broken up into two nights now. How did that decision come about? Well, we thought about it. You know, we had a, a lot of people here. You know, because they missed tickets and because um, they sold out so fast. So. Uh, we're like, what are we gonna do, man? Uh, a lot of people were upset that it wasn't at a midnight time slot, so we came up with the idea to do um, a second night, a part two, and uh, we did that by releasing the graphic. We said, "Do you guys want to see the logo for this year's spring break?" And then we added a little part one to it. That was like, "Well, part one. What's part one? When's part two? You know." Um, so right there. We created a instant buzz for part two. So when the tickets went on sale for part two, we expected a faster sellout to uh, the show than part one. But unfortunately, the promoters were sleeping, so the code was never removed the site, and people went berserk and uh, caused chaos. And but, you. Uh, and with with these shows, you've also you've created a plat you you've created a platform, Joey, for these independent wrestlers to really um, create an image and a reputation for themselves. So oh, yeah, um, you you talked about how difficult the tickets are. Another thing I'm curious about is uh, fellow independent wrestlers. How how much are they clamoring to get on this spring break card now? Oh man, it's been crazy. Thing is, I don't want to book anyone else that that everyone else is booking for WrestleMania weekend. You know, uh, we want to, you know, we want to separate ourselves from the pack. You know, Dewey's had a, a couple of the 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 big yearly independent names on the shows: the Matt Riddle, the Leo Rushes, Keith Lee's, um. The Walters, um, but this year I feel like it's, it's different. We have, we do have Orange Cassidy, who is seems like he is the big name this year, um, as far as buzz wise, and he's taking out documentary notes. So, as far as the undercard and one of the faces we're going to use, you know, it's going to be a lot of new faces that you guys don't know. And like I alluded to, like that that helps because then these guys they should they they sort of skyrocket, and that's and that's that's part of what makes this so great. But like oh, you yeah. also said, you have a nice mix. Like this year, like for a long time wrestling fan like me, like I I, I know these guys. And I was really excited when you told me about these guys. But like your first announcement for Spring Break was the legendary Atsushi Onita. Oh yeah, and then later on you dropped the news that the Rock and Roll Express are going to wrestle. Oh yeah, how what, was it? Was it easy to get those guys to commit to something like this? Were they receptive to it? 
So well, Nita's a little difficult to deal with. It's kind of a uh, known fact, but you know, Onita, he just had double knee replacement surgery. So I don't think he can actually do something on the show, but he's still going to make an appearance. All people want to see is Onita come out and even if he can come out on a wheelchair and smoke a cigarette, do his wild thing entrance. I think that's what the fans want to see, but I don't even know what he's going to do. But uh, he's a big draw for us at the WrestleCon convention. But the Rock and Roll Express, then. Ricky Morton is super excited for this this match with uh, LAX. Um, he's getting new gear made for it. You know he's ready. You know he's ready to, to bust out some craziness. And uh, uh, you know, I, you know, I believe him. I believe he's going to deliver. He's Ricky Morton. He's one of the greatest uh, baby faces of all time. And uh, and LAX is going to bring a beating. <laughs> so it's going to be very, very awesome to see. And um, it's definitely going to be a, a match people are going to be like, you know what, that definitely exceeded my expectations and over-delivered for a, you know, by a, one of the matches. Now, You've the, a few years back when you and I talked about the first spring break show. I know you told me about trying to get Mickey Rourke to come in and and do the <laughs> the, the Randy the Ram gimmick. I, I'll, I'll never forget you telling me that. But you told me about uh, trying to get Mickey Rourke to do the Randy the Ram gimmick. It fell through. And I know I I, I know how you set you you set the bar high for yourself. Is there anyone you tried to get for this spring break, even with those names you have? that you thought you may have been able to grab for this year, but you ultimately couldn't for whatever reason? I think everyone we wanted, we got. You know, um, this is pretty crazy. Uh, Takuma Tanoku was a last-minute replacement on the show, um, basically because we knew he got the knee surgery, the double knee replacement, yeah. and uh, we knew he wasn't going to be able to wrestle. And, uh but that was the first big name we announced um, was Onita, and we knew some fans had been disappointed. So for night one, we were just like, you know what? Let's just bring Kakamichinoku to the United States for the first time in 20 years. Um, so as far as name-wise this year, hey, it's been pretty good. Uh, we've had a few guys pull out. Uh, Eli Dragunov. Um, he got signed to WWE um, about two days after we announced him for spring break. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've even formally ever said that he wasn't on the show anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but I think people get the hits. Um, so that shuffle around the card a lot. And uh, one of the undercard guys, this guy I'm breaking underground wrestling legend. We announced him and then two days later he got in a bad car wreck. So it's just uh it seems like uh you know, for a second we were like, what is it gonna stop? Uh, just um but uh yeah it seems like everything's going to be really sure it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be our greatest shows of all time. Now speaking of wrestling and speaking of knee injuries and speaking of you, how's everything coming with the recovery? And can you drop me any hint, you probably won't, on who you might be facing in your return? Because for those who don't know, Joey suffered a pretty serious knee injury last year. And 
you're going to make your return on your spring break card. So can you just give everyone a little overview of how the recovery's been going and what may be in the very, very near future for you? Uh, recovery actually at first was not uh, on schedule. My knee was wasn't getting the flexibility that it should have. Um, uh, my physical therapist is actually former WCW wrestler Crowbar, um, independent wrestler legend David Stan. Uh, he runs a uh, yeah yeah a, uh, rehab practice in Rutherford by by Stadium, and um, he took care of me. And uh, I was only going to go to him because he knows wrestling and he knows, you know, injuries. So um, a lot of, I, I feel like a lot of people don't take professional wrestling seriously. They don't mm-hmm. throw it in the same echelon as football, baseball, and mixed martial arts. So, um, yeah, I, I had to go to him. And I knew he was going to rehab me back and uh Things started going. Things started going. I was just like, all right. I you know, basically started going to my doctor, and because uh, I overslept for appointment, never heard from him again. So uh, I was like, I'm just going to listen to Chris and, uh, you know, get this road going. And uh felt like I'm ready to go. My knee feels back to normal almost. So I a little stiffness and soreness when I'm uh, physical. But, um, yeah, it seems pretty good to go. Um, you know, I did this, uh, basically did this uh, whole thing all on my own, and, uh, you know, it's been a hell of a, a hell of a ride, and I'm coming back a few months early. And, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't affect me in ring-wise, but, you know, we'll see, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And good for you, Joe. Good for you. And, and kind of sticking with the subject of you and your future, an, uh, another announcement recently is that you are a part of all elite wrestling. Like you, you've like the, these shows too have risen your profile to a whole new oh, level yeah. as a promoter and a wrestler. And when that it was the first press conference, you, you were announced as a member of the roster, which really shows the growth that you've had over the past few years as a wrestler promote, like you, you're just an all around talent in this industry. Um, how did that relationship with Cody, the Bucks, and, and Tony Khan and those guys come about? And what do you see in the future for AEW? I wrestled uh, Cody uh, a couple years ago at a wrestling show in Jersey. Um, had a great, great tie, great match. Um, didn't really do too much with him after that, but started doing PWG and Reseda. Uh, the Bucks were doing their shows every so often. They weren't doing it over anymore and um, so I started talking to them and those guys you know were commending me on my uh, the way I promoted things and stuff and uh, the way I kept myself on social media so uh, I became friends with them and uh, I started talking to Matt Jackson on Twitter and you know once in a while just uh, shooting shooting again and uh, yeah after my spring break I was like, hey, yeah. How do I uh, get on the show, the All In show? And I said, Nah, those are boys. But within within an hour, I was on the show, so um, which was pretty cool. My the match the match changed many times from that moment on to uh, what it was. Me versus Adam Page, and uh, mm-hmm. 
I think we sold the show, and uh, you know, it got me an opportunity to sign a contract with All Elite Wrestling, and uh, it sounded like a great opportunity to uh, be a part of uh, something special, something that will be in the history books forever, and just to be announced within the first three signings was pretty awesome. Um, it was uh, me, Pac, and Chris Jericho, so pretty awesome. How 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 different? Because like you know, you you have a you have a really good mind for the business, Joe. Because um, because obviously, while while people want to throw out the, the the narratives or whatever you want to call them about competition versus WWE and whatever, but what really struck you the most about their vision for all elite wrestling when they pitched you on a, on signing? Well, I just know the Bucks and Cody how creative those guys are, and um, you know how independently thinking. Um, they've been. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go to a place where my creativity um, that I have right now and freedom I have on the Indies, I can still have that there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I, I will have I will have that that opportunity um, to express my art, you know, um, the way I want it. So that's the main reason I signed uh, to only wrestling. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? It's a different step in a different direction. You know, I've you know I've never really I've never really done anything like this. You know, but, uh, well, we'll see what happens. And I can thrive in an environment like that. And I can't wait to do all these big arena shows. And, uh, you know, living the dream, man. And uh, Conventions attached to it too. The Starcast conventions is just had a whole new uh, ball game to everything because uh, you know so many fans come out and it's kind of uh, un- un- unreal uh, experience. Uh, that whole all that weekend was unbelievable experience, and uh, you know it was just uh, you know at that point I was like realized like uh, we made it to some degree that it was actually you know. You know, after 14 years, 13 years of work, you know, you made it this far. So it's very, 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 very cool experience. All of that's cool because, like, like I said, you've been a testament over the over the past few years, Joe, of proving how one can build success for themselves in this industry. And you, you know, of course, everyone has helped with it, with everything along the way, but you, you have grinded and you've created like such a such a positive image for yourself and you've shown a new light on professional wrestling that it's just continued to expand and you know the, the future is bright for you um before i let you go joe please let everyone know because it's it, you know it, yes it's, it's blown up but it can only it should only continue to grow let everyone know how they can watch both both nights of spring break be it if they're in the new york area or if they want to watch it on tv well, if you're in the New York area, don't even come near the building. The place is completely sold out. People are hitting me up saying they're going to stand outside, hopefully get a ticket. They're going to camp out. They're going to try to listen to the crowd from the outside. <laughs> People are wild for this part two of spring break. It's the rarest ticket, the greatest uh, cluster. I don't want to say it because I don't know the restrictions. Wait, I do podcast. have. I- I, I do have one. I do have one question. I don't mean to stop you. It's sort of an inside joke, but people can. Is Ethan Page agenting the cluster match? 
he has a battle for his soul on Friday night. If he wins that, he doesn't have to age in the match. He can do whatever he wants. For those, for, the, for those who don't know, another another pretty uh, prominent name, independent wrestler, Ethan Page. Very talented guy, very nice guy. But uh, he agents the match for Joey, this, this unique cluster F match that we can't mention in full here. And he uh, he seems to have issue with it sometimes, even though he just agreed to do it two times in a row. But, uh, no, like Joey just explained, he he can get a way out of it this year. It's, uh, the cluster is basically a low level, but it's also at the same time, um, it's uh, there's pinfalls, there's submissions, and the match. You can actually, if you die, then you're eliminated. Uh, it's not over, it's not entirely over the top. I think you added that last year. I'm not quite sure. It's my show, but I don't know. It's basically the Royal Rumble with craziness and weapons and surprises. It's like a giant riot of some sort. It's a very hard match for each agent. It's a headache. And uh, he's the glue that holds that match together. So this year is going to be the greatest one ever. And if he loses that match, we have twice the amount of competitors that have ever entered that match in this year's one two-hour extravaganza of a of a wrestling spectacle. Joey, I want to thank you so much for doing this, and as always, best of luck in the future. Just I need to tell people where to watch this show. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. That was my. I'm fault. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Fight TV. That's the only way you're watching this show right now. Uh, you can buy the collective package. You're going to get all the great events from the collect uh, the collective that weekend. That week, uh, collective is going to be a, uh, you know, it's a, um, it's a festival, festival of indie wrestling, uh, also blood sport, which is uh, last year was Bat Riddle's project, and now it's Josh Barnett's project, and uh, it's got a lot of Billy Robinson's proteges uh, coming out, and they're going to do this hybrid MMA, you know, shoot style show, and it's going to be awesome. But that's on Thursday, and with that whole package, you're going to get. You know, Black Label and um, now the Orange Cassidy show, which was just added. It's about to sell out as well. And you get the two spring breaks, part one and part two. So a lot of people are going to have fun, even if you're not in town. You know, you got a week full of wrestling. So actually, it's a real cluster, WrestleMania weekend this year. So um, that's the real cluster, and uh, everyone's going to uh, enjoy themselves quite, quite, quite too much. That all sounds fantastic. People definitely don't want to miss that. It's such a great way to pass the time, WrestleMania weekend. And, Joey, thank you so much, and best of luck in the future on everything you have coming up, my friend. Thank you, and, uh, you know, I hope to talk to you guys soon. My man, Outback Jack, many thanks for handling that. Good to get some of the insight on a guy who's – we're talking about people doing things outside of the outside of WWE. I mean, this guy's making a must-see attraction. What's this spring break show like? For people that, that that haven't even tasted. If there is anyone, because it might look silly on the surface, the concept, if you don't know about it, but it, it, the best way to describe it, if there's anyone who watched the original ECW and how those shows gave you a little bit of everything to enjoy, like a little, little bit of everything for everyone. You could have a five-minute match with guys sticking barbed wire in their heads, 
but then you'll get like the uh, D Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, 15 minute mat classic that you'll go, whoa, that was a great professional wrestling match. That's what Joey's created with these shows in these unique environments. Like the first two shows, just they start at midnight. Like that's how we start. Now this year it's broke. Like he talked about in the interview, he had to break it up into two shows. Like this has gotten so big just over the span of the last three years. They had to break it up into two shows, but the first two, they were unique because they started at midnight. So you had all these people, they're like, they're leaving the bars and they're leaving these and they're going to his show. And he's, he's just created a knack for getting this talent that you just wish you could see. Like who longtime wrestling fans, who doesn't wish they could go into a wrestling show, WrestleMania weekend and for fun, see the rock and roll express, Ricky and Robert wrestle a match. Joey made that happen. But for really diehard Japan fans, and when he made the announcement, I was freaking out to you guys, and I think you guys said who? But to get like he to get at Sushi Onita to come to the United States, and at the time wrestle on sp- a spring break show, which he can't now unfortunately because his knees were just too shot, and he had to get sur- it was either surgery or he was going to be crippled, so he can't wrestle. But he's still going to be. But to get at Sushi Onita to come to a show WrestleMania. That is, and he, like he mentioned there, like Onita is difficult to deal with. He is just a difficult human being, but he got him. But you'll also see guys on his cards, mostly from Game Changer Wrestling in New Jersey, where Joey hails from. Like that's his home promotion. Um, you'll see guys like an Orange Cassidy, who now is quite frankly the biggest thing in independent wrestling. Like that match with Velveteen Dream, when it was announced Velveteen Dream was the most lauded independent match I've seen oh, yeah. on the internet in a while. And then the the show that those two put on for Evolve was incredible. But Orange Cassidy, the first exposure people had was on Joey's Spring Break show. And they oh, said, oh, this guy's different. He's weird. He's, he's a unique cat. But then they said, but Joey's done a good job of not only helping himself. But helping others with these spring break, yeah, and I like the feel of what these shows represent, which is fun. Ultimately, you're seeing it now. You, there's going to be a what a uh, Joey Ryan penis party show. You know, you're going to get the uh, the blood sport, of course. Again, this time Josh Barnett putting out which Joey mentioned, and you're going to get Josh Barnett and Suzuki in the main event. God, this is this is a this might not be a work, bro. This might this this might just turn into a straight up bloody shoot. I mean, I'm, I mean, I might have to be here. I mean, this is going to be insane. Is it weird that I very badly want to go to that? It, did you guys watch it last year? Matt Riddle's. I see. I saw clips. I saw some highlights. Yeah. For those who don't know, like this, this was Matt Riddle's baby last year. Like he he liked what Joey did with spring break. So Matt said, all right, I'm going to do my own show that kind of because spring break, that's Joey. Joey's a party. Like what you see with Joey Janelle, that's him in real life. Matt Riddle said, okay, I'm going to surround something around my image. And I was really curious because, but the show started. There's no ropes. They take the ropes off the ring. Oh, it's like the movie. It, 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 it's literally like the Kumite. Like, it, it was insane. And then they played the blood sports side. Um, but they, the wrestlers did a really good job of presenting it as a work shoot where it kept you entertained. Like, you were how some people get bored at a uh, UFC grappling fight. They did a really good job. But they, had, they also had the right guys on the card. They did a really good job of towing that line between reality and sports entertainment. And it, it was. It was entertaining. It was unique. It was different. And they also got a gift because Matt Riddle was supposed to face Loki in the main event. And Loki went full Loki and didn't show up. <laughs> but they were able to get Minoru Suzuki, which was, was like, how do you upgrade oh, after someone no shows? But Riddle and Suzuki, they did. They pounded the hell out of each other 
like legit, but not too dangerous. Well, you're going to get like stiff Frank Mir and Dan Severin this year. I mean, it's good. It's some wild stuff. Look, but here's the point. WrestleMania weekend, we already know, as Jay Lethal said, which was interesting. Let's not call it WrestleMania weekend. Let's call it wrestling weekend. It is. It's it's a it's almost a comic con of wrestling. It's it's a celebration. It's a festival the entire weekend in the same city. Everybody's eating. Everybody's making money. Will Ospreay may end up wrestling 17 times in one weekend. And as a fan, you may have end up seeing 17 shows, but it's like a drug. You can OD on Mania Weekend in terms of the shows, the one-man shows. I mean, we almost walked into Elias singing last year on Bourbon Street. There's a lot going on. You got to get out there. You may see your favorite podcast do a live show. You may see naked people on the streets. You may see Victor of the Ascension vaping like we did. I mean, you can see anything on Mania Weekend. <laughs> I'm glad we did this show to sort of celebrate that and put it out there. Takeover, Mania, Supercard, they're good. They're going to steal the headlines. But there's intergender wrestling, Impact shows. I mean, Mexico, I mean, there's a lot going on here, man. That, but, by yeah. the way, speaking of all the shows, I, I just want to mention, you did undersell what State of Combat is bringing over the next two weeks because we have this episode. We have our normal weekly episodes, including our WrestleMania preview. We have a special... NXT episode coming up and then before Wrestlemania we have a special interview episode previewing Mania oh and by the way Wrestlemania 35 incident analysis Sunday night slash Monday morning after the show you are getting an overload of professional wrestling content on State of Combat so you better subscribe and you better tell your friends I had to slide that in there before we cut off BC there we had a lot of interviews loaded up here yeah, Adam was just like the guy. Here's the drugs, but you're gonna have to pay for it. But no, this, these drugs are free. Yeah, we got a lot of top shelf drugs coming for you. Wrestling drugs. Uh, I might OD this weekend on uh, that weekend of wrestling. I may, I may be, I may OD putting these shows together. But we got some big names coming at you. Uh, but you know, I hope that people enjoy Jay Lethal, Joey Janela, and Gentleman Jack uh, Crosby this week, though. You know, Jack, you just had a big gimmick change, changing last names here. Has has uh, I mean, I think your career's taken off since then. Yeah, Vince got a hold of me and told me I had to do it. And I was like, but I thought you were just dropping <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, full like, disclosure, oh, God, Jack's name used to be Mustafa Crosby, but he changed it to Jack. But uh, that's well, you, you know, would so but you would be Crosby in WWE. You wouldn't be Jack, and you certainly wouldn't have been your former last name. Yeah, probably. I, I, I you know, that that hey, that's Vince McMahon for you though, guys. We we know that. He wakes up and what happens, happens. That's literally how the man's lived his life, but I can't hate on him when the WWE stock is what it is. I just feel like he saw Lion King and was like, oh, wow, we can't have that. Could be, could be. All right, we got to go oh, out of here. Yeah, we got to go. You know what? That might be a good theory. Might be a theory. I th- you might have hit something there. I don't know. All right, follow us on State of Combat. Uh, Jack, where can the listeners get, uh, get more of your hot takes? You can follow me on Twitter at Jack Crosby 1423 And I'll give you more of those hot independent wrestling takes yes. so you can pay attention to the guys who will be in NXT in five years. They're hot. They're independent. They're revolutionary. <laughs> Special thanks to Joey Janela and Jay Lethal. And like Adam said, keep your ear tuned in. Keep your veins ready. The performance enhancing audio will be will be uh, juicy. It will be big. It will be strong. It will be gross. We're going to come at you. We're coming at you. Wow, that is so... Andre, can you take us out of here? Because that is so gross. You okay? You want to come in my, in my box all the time. Oh, God. That's so gross. Anyway, enjoy. We out.